Welcome back to the Comparison Group Podcast. Time for the second quarter payoff show. Ooh, that's exciting. You know what time it is. It's time to find out how closely you've been listening to the show. Have you learned anything from the show? Have you retained at least a little bit of what you learned? We're about to find out with the second quarter comparison group podcast quiz. <laughs> okay, here we go. Question number one. Who was the famous actor and friend of Oprah Winifrey who stole lines from my show and used in his Oscar speech? Who was that actor? Question number two. What force of nature did I compare to racism? Remember? I said it's all around you. Just because you don't see it, it's there. Forge of nature, I compared to racism. Question number three. What was the name of the website that I told you about that honors fallen law enforcement officers? Tough one. I'll give you a hint with the initials. The initials are O-D-M-P. Name of the website that honors fallen officers. Question number four. What suggestion did I give to Bernie Sanders to tell people who are earning wages so they don't starve? What suggestion did I say they should do with those wages? Question number five. What response rate did I say the Trump administration claimed they got from the census? What response rate did the Trump administration say they got from the census? And the final question, as always, who are your two senators and who is your representative in Congress? So there you have it. Now I will post the answers this time. I'll post the answers to the quiz on the website in the next day or two. Give you a chance to think about it. Maybe go back and listen to the shows if you choose. But I won't force you to go back and listen to the shows. You should. They're good shows. But I'll post the answers with the exception, of course, of who are your two senators and who's your congressperson. Now, you should know that. If you didn't know it in the first quarter quiz, you should have found out what it was, who they are, and you should know it this time around. And so I'm hoping that I'm accomplishing what I set out to do with this show. I'm learning, and I'm hoping I'm, hoping I'm passing on what I'm learning and helping other people to learn some things, to look at things in a different perspective that maybe they weren't before. I try and talk like a normal person with no agenda, don't have an agenda. I'm not talking head that only sees thing in, things in one way or only sees things in a way that I'm paid to see them. You don't get charged for this show. This show is free. You can go and subscribe on Apple, subscribe on Spotify, go to my website, www.thecomparisongroup.com, and get the show for free. Follow me on Twitter, 
at comparison underscore show and get the show for free. I don't charge for this show and I'll never charge for this show. I give you my word. I will never charge you for this show until someone offers me enough money to sell out and I change my mind. And you have my word on that. So I'm doing my best to put something unique and hopefully entertaining, hopefully informative out there in the podcasting space. And I don't claim to be the most experienced at this. I told you, this is not what I have done for a living. I haven't worked in politics. I haven't worked in media. I clean toilets for a living. I tell you that on purpose because I'm not ashamed of my toilet cleaning background. We need more toilet cleaners, more waitresses, more landscapers doing podcast. I'm so sick of hearing these people who claim to be different, claim to be doing something different, but you tune into their podcast and they sound exactly like the people on cable news. So I try to be different. I try to be interesting and I'm non-biased. I criticize everyone. That's what I mean by non-biased. Not that I don't criticize, but that I criticize everyone left, right, center equally because wrong is wrong. And most times it's not that hard to figure out what's wrong, but I'll still spend the time to try and look at things from all perspectives, from all sides, analyze the information, be patient sometimes while I'm analyzing the information and not jump to conclusions. When you jump to conclusions, you open yourself up for someone saying to you, I told you so. People hate that. I hate it. You hate it. When someone says, I told you so. But half the time that happens is because you jump to some sort of conclusion. So I try and avoid that. Why do I call it the comparison group? Well, because I think there's a lot of people who agree with what I'm saying, who think in a very similar way that I think. They're picking up what I'm putting down and they want to do better. They want to learn. They want to be more informed and they want to be informed from all sides, all perspectives. But nowadays, you get inundated with so much information and you struggle to try and see things from both sides. But that's hard because if you switch to liberal media, you usually get the extreme left view. When you switch to conservative media, you usually get the extreme right view. You don't get any middle view. So it's hard to know where do you stand on an issue and is your stance out of line with the middle? And that's what the comparison group is for. It's that control group in the middle. It's the people that understand not to be affected so much by the information that's put out there on a daily basis that we just get hammered with over and over and over again. If you don't know if you're going crazy, you have to have a group of people who aren't crazy to measure yourself against. Let's use an example from something that's going on in the news today. Critical race theory. I'm hearing a lot about critical race theory lately. People seem to be having heated arguments about this critical race theory. We need to keep it out of the schools. Was someone putting it in the schools? We need to put it in the schools. It needs to be taught in the schools. What needs to be taught in the schools? Critical race theory. What is critical race theory? I'll give you my very brief and amateurish answer to that question because I refuse to be someone who's going to get worked up over the racial wedge issue of the moment. They just keep coming up with these issues to divide us. But okay, anyway, critical race theory, as best I can understand it, says we should look at racism 
not as an individual thing, but as a group or policy thing, such as not allowing low-income housing to be built in majority white upper-class or upper-income areas, which leads to segregation and leads to minorities being disadvantaged in opportunities for education and so on and so forth. Basically, I guess it's saying racism is done by groups of people who hold power. That doesn't seem to be that big of a surprise, but okay, anyway, should it be taught in schools? That's the question, I guess. Well, I would say this. Teach my child to read, to count, to spell, to respect others, to treat others equally, to form good habits. After that, I don't know. I'm up for pretty much anything. But that's me. I can respect that other people might see things differently when it comes to educating their child. I respect that. But let's listen to Tucker Carlson and Greg Gutfeld responding to chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, when he was asked about critical race theory. Actually, first, let's play the clip of Mark Milley answering a question in a hearing in regards to critical race theory being taught, I guess, in the military. First of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong? with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African-Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look at I do want to know. So I'm starting to become convinced that the commentators over on Fox News base their shows on whatever liberals are gushing about on social media. So, of course, Mark Milley makes those impactful statements. Don't believe he said anything too controversial or incorrect in his statement. But the folks over on Fox News, they were not having it. So let's listen to Greg Gutfeld and Tucker Carlson. <laughs> he's not just a pig. He's stupid. So Mark Milley reads Mao to understand Maoism. He reads communists to understand communism. But it's interesting that he doesn't read white supremacists to understand white supremacy. Why not go to the source? Well, because Mark Milley would be fired instantly if he read those books. And getting fired is the one thing he doesn't want. 
So he reads about white rage as if it's totally real. It's a medical condition. <laughs> and by the way, since it's a medical condition, at what age can you catch white rage, by the way? Most of us assumed that our two-year-olds were just teething. Now we know it's their whiteness that's making them so angry. Thanks, Mark Milley. We appreciate your contribution to our generation's scientific racism. By the way, have you read anything recently about winning wars? Apparently not. Mark Milley is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He didn't get that job because he's brilliant or because he's brave or because the people who know him respect him. He is not, and they definitely don't. Milley got the job because he is obsequious. He knows who to suck up to, and he's more than happy to do it. Feed him a script, and he will read it. Hard to believe that man wears a uniform. He's that unimpressive. Notice he never defined white rage, and we should know what it is. What is white rage? The idea that we are sending our tax dollars to this military to in an attempt to weed out so-called extremists, which just means conservative evangelical, as far as I can tell. Uh, we're paying for that? Why, why is Congress not saying we're not going to give you a penny until all of this is eradicated from the military budget? Nothing. This is my offer to you. Nothing. That's what I would say. I'm not going to play Greg Gutfeld. I've had enough of this nonsense. That was Laura Ingram from Fox News. Did she just call for defunding the military? Is that what she just did? Did she actually just call for defunding the military on Fox News? How did you get here, conservatives? How did you get here? The second someone in the military suggests something that you don't like, they're stupid pigs. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, former Green Beret, Ivy School graduate, stripes all up and down his arm. For a number of years, he served in combat. And he simply suggested that you should learn, that we should teach our children to learn. And he gets eviscerated immediately on Fox News. I haven't seen something this insane since Michelle Obama suggested we should teach our kids to eat healthier. And people wanted her arrested for treason. So, yes, people reacting in this way would appear to be outside the norm I would consider of the comparison group. But there's something else. It's analogy time. If America was on trial and our children in school were the jury, don't you feel like what Fox News or what conservatives are doing is wanting to suppress evidence? If we were to put America on trial to determine if the country was founded on racism or if systemic racism exist or if white rage exists or if white entitlement exists. If the country was on trial and our children were the jurors and we were to teach or conduct this trial in schools, it appears there are some people who want to suppress evidence. If we teach the history and we teach that, well, you know, in Africa, there were some people, some Africans who actually helped to round up the slaves. Yep. Yep, sure did. That did happen. You know, there were a lot of white people who fought to end slavery. They were abolitionists. Yep, yep, sure did. That's true. Let's teach that. You know, the Ku Klux Klan was founded by Democrats, and it was actually Republicans who got the Civil Rights Bill passed. Democrats filibustered it. Yep, 
That's true. That is true. Let's teach that. They were called Dixiecrats, Southern Democrats, Dixiecrats. Yep. You know, there's been a history of policy in this country that has disadvantaged minorities, including not letting them own land, considering them three-fifths of a human being, redlining, and passing legislation to make it harder for them to vote. Now, hold on just a minute. Suppress. Suppress. Suppress that evidence. No, we don't want that taught in schools. You can't pick and choose the history that you like to be taught in schools. Now, here comes the flip side. Liberals, you can't pick and choose when it's appropriate to say, can you imagine if that was a black person? Can you imagine if that was a black person? There was a story about a good Samaritan, a hero, white guy, who was shot by police after this good Samaritan had shot and killed a maniac who was in a process of beginning a mass shooting. It happened just recently, last week, in Colorado. There was some nut who was walking through the streets intending on killing as many police officers as he could, as he said in his manifesto. So he shot and killed one police officer and was going to continue on his rampage when a white gentleman, Good Samaritan, took out his gun and shot and killed the shooter. The police responded to the scene, saw the gentleman, the white gentleman, holding the shooter's AR-15 and shot him. Now, just a tragedy, just a tragedy. You can understand how the police could make that mistake. They get a call, Caucasian gentleman with an AR-15 killing people. They pull up and that's what they see. Tragically, shoot the Good Samaritan. Can you imagine if it was a black guy? Can you imagine if the Good Samaritan was a black guy? I'm quite sure I would have heard this on CNN or MSNBC and not from a conservative friend of mine because I knew nothing about the story until he told me. I didn't see riots in the street or Black Lives Matter protesting the shooting of this gentleman by the police, but I certainly would have if it was a black guy. And I recognize the news was consumed with the building collapse in Florida as well it should have been. Yet another tragedy. But don't you think they would have carved out some time if police had rolled up and shot a black Good Samaritan, a black hero? Of course they would. It would have been a much bigger story. And so once again, the comparison group is here to point out to you when things just aren't fair. So why do we keep falling for it by the media? Why do we keep falling for it from the politicians? How have so few in the media and politics convinced so many we have to choose between a racist America or non-racist America? No government or big overreaching government. Fauci is a hero or Fauci is a crook who's made millions and belongs in jail. How about this? Fauci's okay. Seems like a decent guy. He's made mistakes, gotten things wrong, but it appears overall he's done okay. It's all or nothing with every issue. Now, you've heard me say earlier in the show, when it came to teaching my child in school, teach them good habits. I put that right up there with reading and writing. Teach them good habits. And that's something that we should take note of right now in this country. Because we have all fallen into some really bad habits as it relates to how we take in information, how we process it, and what we do about it. We get our information from the same old sources, 
come to the same old immediate conclusions and respond by arguing with anyone who will disagree with us. Get ready. Here comes the second quarter payoff. My suggestion? Stop doing that. First of all, figure out what stories trigger you the most. What stories get you worked up and arguing the most? After you do that, accept that you might just need to change how you get the info, how you get those stories, and how you process those stories. You might have to change and become better at processing that information and those stories. It's always easier to do things like this with someone else. So why don't you ask a friend, maybe even someone from the opposite political side to do this with you? Say, hey, I'm looking to break some habits over how I get and process my political information. Why don't you do the same thing with me? And you can get feedback from one another and help keep each other motivated. Now, next, as you make the changes, remember to keep track of how it's affecting your daily life. Are you arguing less? Are you less stressed out at work? Are you sleeping better at night? Do you cut in half the number of times a week you say, what the heck is going on? And last, don't beat yourself up if you fall back into some of your same habits. We all do it. And it's really hard not to argue with someone who tells you they're not taking the COVID vaccine because it's not FDA approved. Now, remember, most importantly, none of this will work if you don't listen to the Comparison Group podcast and get three to five people to listen as well. Now, I think people misunderstand me when I say get three to five of your friends to listen. I'm not saying suggest it to them. I'm not saying tell them about the show. I'm saying hold them down, pull the show up on their phone or computer, and force them to listen to the show. I hit a pretty major milestone in downloads this past week, and I'm thrilled about it. But as Joe Biden would say, we still got a lot of work to do. But I do appreciate all the support, all the comments, all the people that listen. I'm going to continue to try and grow the show, grow the audience. The show will evolve. Hopefully, it'll get better as I get better at doing this. And we're going into July 4th. I'm going to take a week off. And when I come back, I'm hoping to have some announcements as far as good news on where you can get the show, different ways you can get the show on different platforms, making it easier not only to access the show, but also to comment to the show. So I'm excited about that. Let me just finally leave you with this. We live in an era of boom and bust anger. That's what I consider it, boom and bust anger, because of the media and the information that's presented to us. But are you aware that in 2020 in the U.S., we set a record for charitable giving? $451 billion in charitable giving in 2020 during the pandemic. In the greatest economic downturn since the Depression, the United States set a record for charitable giving. Our scientists, like Kazmikia Corbett, used their brilliance to develop a vaccine to fight a virus in record time. Don't know Kazmikia Corbett? Listen. When the president paid a visit to the National Institutes of Health last March, 
The leads at the Vaccine Research Center explain their life-saving mission. Y-shaped proteins that will bind. The key to it, a 34-year-old doctor named Kesmikia Corbett. I was just there telling the task force about the work that we've been doing. Two weeks later, Dr. Corbett's team began the first stage of clinical trials. We have taken a lot of the knowledge that we have gained over the last six years and applied it to a fairly revolutionary vaccine platform in collaboration with Moderna. That vaccine rolled out within 10 months. The vaccine teaches the body how to fend off a virus because it teaches the body how to look for the virus. By basically just showing the body the spike protein of the virus, the body then says, oh, we've seen this protein before. Let's go fight against it. That's how it works. Dr. Corbett's interest in science began at an early age, but one opportunity made a key difference. She attended the University of Maryland, Baltimore County as a Meyerhoff Scholar, an aggressive program that mentors minorities and women in science. Graduates include Surgeon General Jerome Adams. The vaccine that you're going to be taking was developed by an African-American woman. And that is just a fact. I mean, that is a fact. A fact offering illumination to those often left in the dark. She cannot be a hidden figure. She cannot be a hidden figure. She needs to be in textbooks. Little girls need to see her of all races. This is what's possible. Thank you, Kismikia. And then our incredible military sprung into action to deliver hundreds of millions of vaccines to the people who wanted them and needed them. Hundreds of millions of vaccines delivered without a single negative review. As far as I know, let's see Amazon do that. Our teachers who throughout the entire pandemic had to just figure it out. Educate those kids somehow. Just figure it out. And finally, our nurses, our doctors, our EMS workers, all of our first responders save more lives than we will ever know. And we can't ever forget that. And we can't ever stop thanking them for it. With people like that in this country, America can't be all that bad, can it? Thanks for listening. That's the show. That's the second quarter payoff show. Hope you enjoyed it. Take a week off. Be back with a new show after the 4th. Enjoy your 4th of July. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at comparison underscore show at comparison underscore show that's at comparison and then that little minus sign at the bottom then show check out the website www.thecomparisongroup.com www.thecomparisongroup.com thanks everybody i really appreciate you listening have a great fourth of july